This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leeds Club Podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and encouraging you in your walk with God. Our goal is simple, to help you lead like you never have before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Lead Club session begins now. Greetings and welcome to this edition of our Leeds Recording. I'm so excited about talking to Christian leaders and pastors and literally pouring in to you. I am convinced that as a leader, we go through three stages. We go through that receive stage where we just want to receive. We just want to learn everything we can. We go to every conference we can. We listen to every CD we can. I remember going through those uh, that stage, literally listening to cassettes and meeting with leaders. I was so into receiving. I think the second stage is the raise stage. We're trying to raise a family. We're trying to raise money. We're raising money for projects. We're raising up buildings. I refer to it as the raise stage. But then I believe we reach the stage. It's called the release stage. And we find that we really get satisfaction from releasing into others. And I can assure you where I get my satisfaction is releasing into Christian leaders. So uh, that's my heart. I do want to tell you about something that we're having at Rock Springs Church. It's called Defy the Odds. It's a church growth conference. It's on March the 1st and 2nd of 2019. This is a very affordable conference. Uh, You can register at dtoconference.com, dtoconference.com. But literally, we're going to have breakout sessions dealing with every facet of church and organization and pastoring. I'll be speaking. It's going to be a five-star experience. Now, this is for pastors, ministry leaders, and volunteers. So whatever you do, register for Defy the Odds, a church growth conference like none other. I promise you, we're going to give to you. We're going to pour into you. You're going to leave loaded down because that's our heart is simply to help you. Now, I want to talk to you today a lesson that I've researched and I trust will be helpful to you. I want to talk to you about the millennial generation, the millennial generation. I want to talk to you about millennials. And what I mean by millennials, I know this sometimes it's debated about the actual years, but it's those that were born between 1982 and early 2000. Here's what was so interesting to me. By 2020, we're talking, I mean, Just a couple years, by 2020, half of the working population will be millennials. Half the working population will be millennials. And if we're going to have to work with millennials, I think it would be good if we get to know who we're working with. And so I researched and started finding some interesting things about millennials so we can better understand them. Let me me give you some information about them. Number one, they care about the environment. They care about the environment. 
Now, let me say something. When I'm talking about millennials, I'm not saying emphatically every person, but I'm talking about in general, in general millennials. You say, I'm millennial, and that doesn't describe me. Well, I'm not saying totally, but I'm just saying in general. They care about the environment. Their number one issue is climate change. Number two, uh, only 18% of them are baseball fans. So the great American pastime, they're not that much into. Number three, they earn 20% less than their parents did at the same age. They earn 20% less than their parents did at the same age. The average income for a millennial between 24 and 36 years of age is $40,581 a year. But here's what's so encouraging. They don't believe that money is an indicator of success. And that is true. The fourth thing I learned about millennials is they spend 85% of their day on mobile devices. 85% of the day on mobile devices. Number five, they are the most charitable generation. You know, sometimes when we think of millennials, we have a propensity to think, well, they're self-absorbed. But really, that's not true. 84% of millennials make charitable contributions, and 70% of millennials volunteer their time each year. The sixth, things, sixth thing about millennials is they love their dogs. They love their dogs. Research says they're slow to buy houses. And when they do buy houses, for the most part, it's usually not because of marriage or because of children. It's so they can have their dog because in many rentals they can't. Number seven, they're the heaviest generation. They are the heaviest generation. You know, when you think of millennials, many times you think of Whole Foods, etc. But they are the heaviest generation in recorded history. Number eight, they're less religious than other generations. They're less religious than other generations. That was very interesting to me. Do you realize that 40 percent of millennials who attend church say they are not born again. 40% of millennials who attend church say they are not born again. And 53% of millennials have stopped going to church. Number nine, they're the best educated generation. They're the best educated generation. Number 10, they don't believe in capitalism. 44% have a favorable view of socialism. And number 11, they're the latest generation to be criticized. Baby boomers might think of millennials as entitled, self-indulgent, lazy kids, but that's nothing new. Research suggests that people have been complaining that the younger generations are lazy, self-absorbed, know-it-alls who don't know how to spend their money forever. Here's what's amazing to me. By 2020, half of the working population will be millennials. But what was interesting, 
71% of millennials say they're not engaged in their work. 71% of millennials say, I am not engaged in my work. I recently read a little book called Fish. I would highly recommend it. It's about creating a, a good working climate in your workplace, and it's about a fish market and how in this fish market they created a healthy working environment and climate. And here's what they said in the book, the little book Fish, that as, as I say, I highly recommend. The little book said, People spend 75% of their adult waking time doing work-related activities, working, contemplating work, or decompressing after work. So if that is true, we need to maximize how we can see millennials engaged in their work. I love what Henry Cloud said. Henry Cloud said, you've not understood someone when you understand them. You've understood them only when they understand, you understand. And if 71% of millennials are not engaged in their work, and we're going to have to work with them, we need to look at what we need to do to get millennials engaged. And I found out some interesting things, and I want to share those perhaps about how we can get millennials better engaged in their work. Number one, they want more than a paycheck. They want a purpose. They want more than a paycheck. They want a purpose. Maybe it was like David when he came up against Goliath. David said those words, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a a purpose. When I started working in the workforce, I can tell you this, it wasn't about a purpose. It was all about a paycheck. That was what was discussed, a paycheck. But what's interesting, 50% of millennials said they would take a pay cut if they could find a job that matches their values with purpose. Now, that's interesting. I didn't grow up in a culture where people said I would take a 50% cut if I could find a job with true purpose. This is what millennials want. They want a purpose. More than they want a paycheck, they want a purpose. Pastor, what I would say to you, many times I'm asked about how do you motivate volunteers? And you've got to take volunteers back to the purpose. You've got to take volunteers back to a, a personal story where a life transformation took place because of their volunteerism. You've got to take them back, and you've got to give them a personal story of where what they did made a difference in the life of somebody else. And that's what millennials want to know. They want to know that there's a, there's a purpose to this. There's a second thing about millennials. They want development more than job satisfaction. They want development more than job satisfaction. Simply put, they want to grow. They want to be in a climate where they 
are growing. Now, I have a lot of millennials that work with me. And I said to my millennials this week, I said, I make a commitment to you to continue to grow. Because I know if I don't grow as a leader, I can't grow my team. Because see, your organization will not grow around you. It will grow under you. And it's so important that you create a culture where people can grow, where your leaders can grow. I said to my team this week, just being transparent, I said, uh, we're going to Catalyst. Catalyst, a great conference up in Atlanta with wonderful speakers. We just finished up Jim Cimbala's prayer series. We watched it as a staff. I've got Dr. Sam Chan coming to do a lunch and learn with our staff. Dr. Bill Purvis will be with us in November. We just finished a book together called Amplified Leadership by Dr. Dan Ryland. What I've learned, if I'm going to keep millennials, I'm going to have to create a culture where they are developing because millennials want development more than they want job satisfaction, and that's paramount. Number three, they want responsibility faster than they are ready for it. They want responsibility faster than they are ready for it. Now, I am convinced many times, maybe perhaps as leaders, we're slower to give it than we probably should, and maybe we need to improve in this area. Many times, though, I have found that millennials are not ready. They're, they're not ready. They want the responsibility before they are really ready to receive it. I do think it's important that we do delegate responsibility. Somebody said if you just delegate tasks, you raise up followers. But if you delegate responsibility, you raise up leaders. One way that I've been able to do it here at Rock Springs Church, I call it the 10-80-10 principle. I did not even realize I was doing the 10-80-10 principle, but it's something that I've done on many, many projects. I would sit down with a young leader on the front end. Hypothetically, uh, I remember sitting down with one of our young leaders and talking to him about I wanted to build the gymnasium. And I was talking to him about what I wanted in the gymnasium and how I wanted it to be and da-da-da. We went through all the details. Then after we went through it, I said, I want you to take the project run with it. I want you to head it up. You are, you are the leader. You're the leader of the project. So he took the 80. I started out with a 10. We went through the 10. He took the 80. And then as we were wrapping up the last 10, we discussed bringing the project together and finishing up the project and putting a bow on the package. I call it the 10-80-10 principle. I think it's a good happy medium for giving responsibility because many times millennials want responsibility faster than they're really ready to receive it. The Bible talks about not a novice less being lifted up in pride. They fall into the condemnation of the devil. Number four, they want a coach and not a boss. 
They want a coach and not a boss. They don't value bureaucracy. They don't value titles. They don't value layers. They want a coach to come alongside them. They want somebody that we can come together and I bring my ideas and you bring your ideas and we put our ideals together and we accomplish much. They're not looking for a boss. They're not looking for this top down. I understand. I understand anything without a head's dead and anything with two heads is a freak. I understand there has to be a leader. But I believe you can lead by being a coach and not a boss. And Friend, if you have to tell somebody that you're in control, that's a good indicator that you're not. Number five, they want ongoing conversation over annual reviews. They want ongoing conversation over annual reviews. So keep in mind, 85% of the time, they spend their time with a mobile device. They're the instant information generation. So they want ongoing conversation, whether that be through a text or email. They, they're saying, let's stay in touch. Don't wait till the end of the year and just tell me the 12 things that I'm doing wrong. Why can't we discuss it along during the process? Why can't we walk together? Why can't, why can't we have continual communication versus annual reviews? You know, Ken Blanchard years ago wrote the book 10-Minute Manager, and he talked about that. He talked about ongoing conversation. I was watching a football game the other day. I was actually watching uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. And I was watching Kirby Smart, who no doubt was trained by Nick Saban. And I watched Kirby on the sidelines. When a guy would make a great play and he would come off, Coach Kirby Smart would pat him on the back, say, hey, way to go. But then I also noticed one guy made a bad play. And Kirby brought him over, and Kirby was getting on him pretty hard. And then he pointed to the screen. And he said, no, no, I want you to see the play. I want you to see on that screen just what you did. I want to see the decision. I want you to see the decision you made and how it affected your team. What was Kirby doing? He was having an ongoing conversation with him versus an annual review. Kirby's not going to wait till the end of the season and tell that player what he did wrong. No, he's going to tell him, right then. Number six, they want to know they are valued. They want to know they are valued. Millennials need personal affirmation. And by the way, don't we all need personal affirmation? All people respond to praises and raises. Now, let me say something. How do we reach millennials for Christ? How, 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 do, we, how do we reach them? How, how are we going to impact them? How, how are we going to, to reach this generation for Jesus Christ? Let me tell you, let me tell you seven things that I believe we've got to do to reach millennials for Christ. Number one, we've got to be online. We've got to be online. Now, keep in mind, if 85% of the time they're on a mobile device, doesn't it make sense 
that your church should be online? Doesn't it make sense that you should take advantage of social media and use social media for kingdom purposes? So if we're going to draw them to the church, what I would say, be online. I am convinced that church is different in our day. The success cannot be measured just by how many people are sitting in the seats at church. Success cannot be measured by how many people are sitting in the seats of the church. It's much broader than that. I would challenge you to take advantage of social media. Number two, millennials are drawn to serve your community. Millennials want to serve locally. They want to make a difference in their community. And what I would say to you, what are you doing? What are you doing in your community? What are you doing to make your community better? I would encourage you to have a serve day where you just come together and just serve. Um, a few days ago, I had the privilege to get with some people and we just went to one of the schools and we just cooked hamburgers. We just cooked hamburgers for the teachers and the staff at that public school. It was so rewarding. And I looked around as I was doing that project and I saw tons of millennials that were involved helping to make that project a reality. Let me tell you what millennials are drawn to. They're drawn to serving local communities. They want to see that their lives are making a difference. Again, they want that purpose, and purpose comes through serving. The third thing, if we're going to draw millennials to church, we've got to speak honestly. We've got to speak honestly. You know, as I researched this, I thought, well, millennials, they're going to, they're going to want the the, the smoke and the lights and the fog and all that, all that, the latest contemporary things at church. But I found that's not true. What they really want is they want speakers just to be honest. They just want speakers to be honest. They, they believe that all people are, are fallen, and, 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 and they believe that all people have struggles, and they believe the best of men are men at best. And they just want honesty from the platform of that church. Not a facade. Not I've arrived. Not a hierarchy from the pulpit. They just want you to speak honestly. And they want you to just be real. If we're going to reach millennials, we need to be online. We need to serve our communities. We need to speak honestly. But let me tell you something else. You need to reach outside your comfort zone. You need to reach outside your comfort zone. Now, let me tell you what millennials said. 70% of millennials have friends of a different racial background. 70% of millennials have friends of a different racial background. Listen to this. 90% of millennials are open to marrying someone of a different racial background. And ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to reach millennials for Christ, 
Our churches are going to have to reach outside of our comfort zone. Your church should look like heaven. Your church should look like heaven. Number five, if we're going to reach millennials, we've got to be open to change. We've got to be open to change. I love the story about the man that lived to be 100 years old. Somebody said to him, said, you've probably seen a lot of changes in your life. He said, yeah, and I've been against every one of them. Here's what I want to say to you. Do we love our traditions more than we love our children? Do we love our traditions more than we love our children? Let me tell you something. This whole deal with Christianity, it's about change. Let me explain. When you come to know Christ, a change takes place. You're a new creature. We lay down the old, pick up the new. Lives are transformed. This thing called Christianity, it begins with a change. But think about it. It ends with a change. Jesus is going to come back. We're going to be resurrected. The rapture will take place. We'll die out to these bodies. We'll get a brand new body, a glorified body, and forever live with the Lord in heaven. See, Christianity began with a change. It's going to end with a change, but many times we don't want change in between. But we've got to be open to change if we're going to continue to reach people. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods are always changing. Principles never do. Number six, we've got to develop community. We've got to develop community. And what I mean by develop community, you need to develop community groups. You need to develop community groups in your church that millennials will be drawn to those groups, develop community groups. And then number seven, you've got to preach Christ. You've got to preach Jesus Christ because that's what millennials, as well as everybody else, needs to hear. Let me tell you about two things, and then I'll pray for you, and we'll be done. I would like to remind you that July the 8th through the 17th, 2019, I'm taking a group to Israel. July the 8th through the 17th, 2019, this is a five-star trip. It will change your life. If you're a pastor listening to me and you say, Brother Benny, I'd like to go, but there's no way I can raise the resources, contact me and let us see what we can do to help you. July the 8th through the 17th, 2019, we're going to Israel and it will change your life. But be sure to place on your calendar March the 1st and 2nd. What we're going to do on that Friday night, we're going to have a Sunday morning service. We're going to show you just what we do on Sunday morning with the children's church. Everything involved in Sunday morning will happen on March the 1st. And we want you to be here and we want you to be a part of it. Then March the 2nd on that Saturday morning, I'll be speaking. We'll be having selective classes that you can choose from. We'll load you down with material, give you inspiration. We're going to give you information. And we believe that this conference has the potential to change your life and the life of your church. I want to commend you for listening to this recording. I want to commend you to keep growing as a leader. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. 
I pray that you will help them to grow because, God, I understand unless they grow as a leader, they cannot grow an organization. Their leadership will be the lead of the organization. So I pray your blessing upon them, your insight on them, your favor upon them, your touch, your anointing, give them increase. I simply pray that Jabez prayer. Would you bless them indeed, enlarge their coast, keep your good hand upon them, and keep them from evil. Thank you for the time I've had today with them, and I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's Leeds Club session. We hope you feel encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and check out our website at rockspringsonline.com slash leadership. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, personal growth, and encouragement. As you walk with God, we want to help you get to the next level.